I'm just going to pray. Father, thank you for this day. We come here to, to hear from you. But we come here also to celebrate you. That we can see every day as a celebration. Every day is a gift. Father, we, we come here to hear your word because your word is life. But we rely on your Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. So, Father, we invite your Holy Spirit in with us. Fill us all. Open our ears. Open our hearts. Lead us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for church. Amen. I love it when Allison's up here. Ooh, I love it. It's so cute. <laughs> and especially you can tell the power when she starts to pray, hey? When she starts to pray, that's, in, that's her comfort zone. It's like, boom, she comes in with the prayer. But yeah, it's so great that she stretches herself to, to come and serve us in another way. I know I was, I was thinking during worship, I would just like to, to thank Marie and Benjamin. I mean, who knows what we were doing when they were up here worshiping, you know, while we, so we can have something to worship. So just thank, thank Marie, thank you, Benjamin, for taking the time, for serving us in this way. Thank you so much. That's great. Now, um, I am finishing off a series. I, I stumbled into a series, um, and this is the last part. Now, if you weren't here for last week or six weeks ago, it's okay. I'll make sure you you know what's going on. But um, last week I preached on the truth, and about six weeks before that, I preached on the way. So, what's left? The life. And um, so I, I've come from John fourteen six, where Jesus was speaking to his disciples just before during the Last Supper, and he tells them to find him, to go to him. And Thomas is like, how, how will we go to you? You never told us which way to go. And he goes, he says to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, when I preached on the way, I talked about the way Jesus had created a culture that sets us apart, how we are a part of a people a part of a, a family, and how we are meant to be fruitful, that God expects fruit. In the truth, last week, I talked about what Jesus said, and I asked you if you believe him, how when you stand in the truth, you will see the things of God. You will hear his voice. How together we embolden each other, to believe and have faith in the truth and how all the decisions that we make come from what we believe is the truth. And now, life. And it's really... Oh, I lost you for a bit. Hello? Hello? Okay, oh, I'm back. <laughs> it's, it's fascinating how Jesus actually says... I am the way, the truth, and the life. He doesn't just say, I am the truth. 
or I am the life. He actually gives us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when it comes to life, we all know life, right? We live it. And when we look at our lives, we we sort of look at it like, you know, I was... I know I was born, they tell me, my parents told me or family tells me that I was born and then this happened and then we kind of come to a realization of school or there's like scattered memories and from there, you know, it just goes on. We meet people, we, we work. It, when we think about our life, it almost comes off as a CV, you know. I did this, I did that and then I went to here and I went to the school and I met this person and then this good thing happened, this bad thing happened until you get to where you are now. And of course, this life of yours also ends. Like it goes from point A to point B. And our relationship to life is that it's something that just happened to us. We're in it. And people are telling us the secret of life and all these things about life. But it's something that we just come into, we're born into. The, the Bible, when the Bible refers to life, it actually refers to it as a choice. And one of the, one of the early um, mentions of life, besides the creation story, of course, is when Moses um, is speaking to the Israelites after giving them the commandments. And he says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, Blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. That's in Deuteronomy. I mean, it's a choice, right? But it's not really much of a choice. You know, it's like life or curse. It's, it's kind of like going, hey, do you want ice cream or doo-doo? Which one do you want? And you're going, oh, I'm going to take ice cream. You know, like, I don't want that. <laughs> but it's like, Wow, it's not really much of a choice. And the thing is, it's like, we're like, okay, but, you know, that was when he gave the commandments. And so he really, Moses wants people to obey the commandments, to, to follow God. But that's, that's Old Testament, you know? New Testament. We're New Testament people, right? And Jesus, this is how Jesus puts it. Then Jesus told the, the disciples, if anyone want, would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? So when we think about what he just said then, it's like take up your cross, it's like take up your burdens and all that kind of stuff. But that's not what he was saying. He was talking to that era. And in that era, if you talk about a cross, there's dead people hanging off wood all around. These Romans used that to scare you into doing what the Romans said. So when Jesus is telling you, bear your cross, it's like, carry this to die. It's do or die. So Moses might have put it a little bit, he's like, curse. Jesus is like, hey, if you don't do this, that's your soul. 
And, and what, what, what good is it if you don't do this, if you don't follow me to your death, that you lose your soul? It's like very binary, isn't it? It's this way or that way. He, when Jesus spoke about life, he speaks about how he is the life, but that how life comes through him. This is what he says in John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. In case that's not clear, in First John, John gives it to us the most easiest way for you to understand. He says, Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Ta-da! Very easy. If you've got God, you've got life. If you don't, you don't have life. And when we think of how they use the word life, life, you think life means maybe like forever life, that this life doesn't just finish, it continues on. Like our brain sort of goes into life, like creation, forever. But it means right now. He's talking about life. You know your everyday life. You know how you, you're on your phone, any spare moment you get, you watch TV, you eat, you go to work. Right now. Life. That's your life. And it's going to end. Sobering. And you know when you, when you hear this, it's like when God's saying it's my way or the highway, like you follow me or you don't have life. You're like, oh, but there's so many things that I want. What about the things that I want? What about all the different things that I want to accumulate or have because I like this? Or I like, I like watching Netflix. What, do I have to stop watching Netflix? What about this shiny car? But I want to have a shiny car. Or I want to have a house. I want to have all these things. It's like we, we, we chase after these things. They become something that we live for, Right? I'm going to work really hard so I can get that beautiful car. I'm going to go to the gym so I can look so buff, you know, and all the girls are like me. It's like, it's like an idol. Like we really want something because we want a certain outcome. And this is life. To be successful. To be good looking. Strong. And have a nice car. And a beautiful house. Big house. We want all these things. What about all these things? Paul, he was great at actually giving it to his plane, right? All these things and desires that you have, things is, is for the flesh. So you feel good. And, you know, in Ecclesiastes, it says that there is fruit to be had with all your labor. God lets you have that fruit, but not for it to be your idol. And Paul says in Galatians 5, he says... For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. 
for these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. Man, there's a lot of fruit, right? But he's telling you if you start going that way, what ends up happening is this fruit. You'll be jealous, you'll envy, you'll sexual immorality. Because those things, as great as they might feel at the time when you make that purchase or once you have it, it's like, it's nothing. It won't fuel you. You have to buy another car. I got the car I always wanted, but that car is better color. I really want that car now. And you know, you work and strive and, oh, that guy's got a better car than me. I need to get a car like that car, you know? I mean, maybe we're not all going to be buying cars, but you can put your own little story in that place of what it is that makes you feel good, makes you feel powerful or happy, you know? I mean, this is the material life that we live in to keep going. And Paul tells us these things. He says, I tell you these things to warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. It's about being above all that. That we're not drawn into that, that cause us to go those ways. Those tantalizing things, which is sin. And the word sin means to miss the mark, to go that way, when God is this way. And we can't help it sometimes. We really like those things. I really like that dress. I really want those shoes. I've got a hundred shoes, but I want those shoes. Or, or games. For me, it's games. I love playing games. Oh, another game. Another game. It doesn't stop. It just keeps going. But you can get driven by that. That I won't be happy unless I have that. And your experience of life is hampered by that. And we don't even realize it's being hampered by that. But the fruit that comes out, what becomes apparent, is do I feel love? Am I feeling joy? Do I feel peace? Is that fruit coming out of your life? Or are you showing other things? Anger, impatience. The thing, you know, when, when God puts us in this like, you go this way or that way. Choose life or choose death. Sometimes we forget. It's like, because we want all these things that actually 
to go with God is actually easier. And Jesus tells that to us in Matthew. Matthew 11. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We, we forget that um, when we're doing that rat race stuff, we'll be trying to get this, the, the house and all this thing. It kind of feels like we don't have a choice. That's how we have to live to be successful. That is what everyone's doing, right? We forget that that's not how life is supposed to go. And Jesus, he, he wants you to be happy. He does. He, he, he makes it really clear in here, in John 10. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. And I have authority to lay it down. And I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. He leads us into green pastures. But he says, he came to give you an abundant life. Now, if you're a Christian, are you having an abundant life? Is your life abundant? If you're following Christ, your life is abundant. That's the fruit of it. If it's not abundant, what is it that you need? Why are you not happy? Do you spend all your life looking over the fence? Look what he has. Look what they have. Is that how you're living your life? But look, they have this. Look at that. They have that. 
What about you? Why are you looking over the fence? This life is a personal thing between you and God. So you have a personal relationship with God to talk to you about your life. And He has plans for you. He wants you to prosper because He is a good Father. And He says this in Matthew 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who asks him? Now, he's not going to give you, he's not going to let you get an idol or something like, ah, you know, I really want a million dollars, you know? <laughs> so then I never have to come to church. <laughs> and I can live in an island somewhere or, or something, you know? Like any, think of anything, you know? He's not going to give you an idol so you can go and destroy yourself, right? But he asks you, Ask. If it's between you and God and it's your life, ask. And he'll give it to you. Knock. I really feel like I should be going that way. And the door shall be open. Do you believe that he opens the doors? Do you believe that he gives you what you want? We have this personal thing going on between us and God, right? We all have a way that we think God sees us. And some of that ways are true and some of those ways aren't. That's why we read the Bible. Because Jesus says he is the bread of life. Take from him, eat, and you will get life. Your eyes will be open. Sometimes you don't even realize you are living an abundant life because you're too busy looking at what somebody else has or that you have something that, that afflicts you, makes your life difficult. But even Paul says that whether it's good, it's a blessing, whether it's not, it's a blessing, it's all a blessing. But this life that you have, which will end, Sorry to tell you that. But with Jesus, it doesn't. But it's not about heaven. Yeah, there's a heaven. But it's about right now. It's about how you see your life. And if you are seeking the truth, you'll find it. God has gifted us with so many different things, whether it's talents or a way of doing things. But a lot of times we actually just think it's for ourselves. Like together, we are the body of Christ. All our skills together 
work for God. We, when we think about lives, we kind of forget that it's actually, it's, it's not about you. It's about Him. That your life be worship, love, an expression of love for Him. And for Him to feel that, to feel your love, is in your worship. How grateful or thankful you are for whatever you've got. And that is like a sweet aroma to God when you are joyful and peace, when turmoil hits, when things are going terrible, that you can be full of faith. I know this is terrible, but praise God. That's the test. That's the test of your fruit of how grounded you are in the truth. The truth being a person. Jesus. The test of your relationship with Jesus. That you can rejoice in the good and rejoice in the bad and just celebrate. Celebrate life. It's so hard. You drive down the street, you're going to see billboards and things telling you of things you should buy, places you should go, and so much stuff to on the phone as well. Especially if you don't want to buy the game, you're just going through the ads all the time. It's another ad. It's just like, look at this, look at this, you know. But think about that next time you're on your phone sitting in quiet, playing a game. This is your life. You're choosing to play a game in your life. Hey, it's not bad. Not bad or not right or wrong. It's your choice. That's your experience of your life. But if you are after something more, something fulfilling, look to the Bible, the Word. Feed yourself on life. Jesus. And maybe the next time you play that game, It'll be different. Maybe you'll start thinking of other things while you're playing the game. But God can speak to you in any way. Don't deny that. doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, who comes up to you. God can speak to you if you're willing to listen to the truth. Praise God.